Welcome to Oxford Adult ESL Conversations, hosted by Jamie Adelson Goldstein, co-author of the Oxford Picture Dictionary and series director of the new Step Forward Second Edition. In this episode, Jamie is joined by Carolyn Nason, instructional chair for the Department of ESL at Milwaukee Area Technical College, to discuss the benefits of rigor-infused activities in the adult ESL classroom. Well, it's a pleasure to welcome you to our Oxford Adult ESL conversation, Carolyn. Why, thank you, Jamie. It's great to be here. And I, I think it's worth noting that you and I first met as part of the Lynx ESL Pro project, and that went across 10 states and uh, in Wisconsin. We were working specifically on increasing rigor, preparing English language learners for their work in academic, post-secondary uh, career settings, uh, enabling them to work with complex texts and manage academic language and demonstrate their critical thinking. And these were the, the main tenets of the work that we were doing together. Did I leave anything out? Nope, you got them all. <laughs> <laughs> good thing, since uh, I was part of the delivery system. So it's, it's good that I managed to do that. I, I remember in particular that you, you had quite a response initially to the term rigor. Because uh, you and I met first virtually in the community of practice that was online. And I, we were discussing people's response to rigor. And I, I thought yours was particularly pithy. I was just confused. I, I really, it was the first time I had ever heard um, the term rigor used in connection uh, with education. And um, um, I had a vague idea. I knew what rigor, you know, rigor was difficulty or challenging or, I don't know, more work. But um, I, I didn't know how we could possibly do this in the classroom. And... And then I, I kind of consoled myself and figured, well, this has got to be for the upper levels. This just can't be for my, my low beginners. I mean, learning English is challenging enough for them. How, how would I possibly add rigor to what they're already doing? So, so yeah, I was, I was pretty skeptical, but we went through the training and little by little, I, I came around and I actually tried a couple of the activities in my class and the results were absolutely astounding. Um, the energy levels were hot, you know, and we were feeding off of each other, and it was exciting, and just this pervasive feeling of accomplishment. I mean, it was just, it was fantastic. Oh, well, we've got to get the details on that. <laughs> I'm not going to let you get away with just all those great adjectives, and, and I mean, everyone is probably thinking, how? Well, how? it's, it's and... really hard to describe, you know? I, I just, I would say to the listeners that it would be just great for you to try it, you know, and, and experience it for yourself. Well, let's, let's take uh, an example of something that you did, and then we can talk about the benefits and challenges of it. So what was something that you brought into the classroom that you quote unquote rigorized? Okay, well, in our book, we had um, an activity on daily routines and chores, and I added categorizing to it in order to um, add rigor to the activity. 
So it was originally labeling, if I remember correctly, right? They had right. They were labeling pictures. Right. It was just a memorizing kind of thing. And by putting it into having the students put things into categories, they really had to think a little bit deeper about each of the items. So how many categories did you give them? Um, well, I've done it a couple different ways. It depends on the group. Sometimes I will give them the categories and ask them to put the items in. Uh, sometimes, you know, the group is a little bit higher. I'll let them come up with their own categories. With the example of the daily routines and chores, we had all kinds of interesting categories come up. Things I do, things my wife does, things the children do, things we do daily, weekly, and monthly, that kind of thing. The first time I did it, um, the group, they, they struggled with it. They really, they were challenged by it. And, and one group finally got it. They finally got it. And they're like, oh, yeah. And they start writing down the, the categories and they're, you know, working away. Well, the other groups heard them and they were listening really hard and they copied exactly what the first group did. Uh. So, you know, <laughs> I, I had, it was 10 minutes left of class and I thought, oh, this was such a failure. It was just awful. What, you know, what can I do for the next 10 minutes? This is just terrible. And I said, turn the paper over and do it again. And that turned out to be fantastic. I mean, that was just really amazing because they all came up with different categories and then they were really cooking. It was just really great. Ah, so they just kind of needed a model probably, but it was how cool that the the students were their own model. Yeah, it, it took us a little while to get going, but you know, but it worked. But you saw the struggle, so. right? I mean, that's part of it is it's very hard to let our learners struggle. I did. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you have to step back and you just have to let them go and work through it. And I think, I think it's my colleague, Christy Weisenberger, who said, I have to be comfortable when my students are uncomfortable. Mm, what a I great just, line. I love that. Right. Yeah. 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 You just have to kind of let go. And, and, you know, they give you those big puppy dog eyes and they say, oh, please help me, teacher. You know, <laughs> And you just have to step, sit back and and let them struggle through it. And as Betsy said, that's where the learning happens. So. Betsy Parrish. Right. Right. So you've you've hit on one of the challenges, uh, the watching the struggle and the learner's own sense of frustration in the struggle. Uh, have you had opportunities to to make that struggle more manageable for them, less frustrating? Sure. Well, that's the thing that's so interesting about, well, categorization, that's my favorite thing. But um, we can scaffold for the learners, and and then that helps them to be successful. So, and it, you can differentiate in one classroom. So if you've got a group that's that's really high level, don't scaffold for them. And then the other group, you know, maybe they're just really struggling. You can, you can help them out by um, putting, like I said before, putting the, the names of the categories in for them or even putting, um, you know, make it fill in the blank for them. Right. That would especially be valuable for the literacy level learner, the beginning literacy learner. Right. And then they, they feel like they're still part of the group, that they're still doing the same activity but they're being successful at their own level too. Well, I I really like that it combines, it can combine all three of the elements of rigor. So you've got an element of complexity, depending on the level, uh, they're either getting it through a complex set of vocabulary or they're getting the complexity in, in their thinking about the vocabulary, certainly the critical thinking. 
Um, do you ever have them have a big discussion about whether something goes in one co- category or the other? Oh, sure. They're yeah, they're talking amongst themselves. It's really fun. Like the uh, the focus totally gets off of me, you know, and they're they're working very hard on it. I think categorizing is a brilliant way to increase rigor in the classroom, especially the way that you did it with the secondary set of categories, because that really shifts the learner's perspective. For people who are wondering about other ways to increase rigor, let's talk about the kinds of questions that we can ask in the classroom. What's What kind of question are you asking most frequently of your learners at this low level? Yeah, at the very, very low level, I ask them, you know, why do you think this? Or um, how do you know? Mm-hmm. And to show me the evidence of um, the answer rather than relying on their memory so much. So they could go back and point to some, something in the picture or they could circle something in the text. Sure. Sometimes we point, sometimes we highlight, sometimes I have them come up to the board. Sometimes, you know, we do it all different ways, but I'm trying to get them away from that memorizing thing that, that they're, they're actually giving, showing me the evidence of why to support their answer. So that puts them really at the analysis uh, place in terms of their thinking, their analyzing. And what I'm, I'm thinking too, that maybe in terms of role plays or dialogues that we're doing all the time with our learners, a way to add rigor could be to have them add an extra line to the conversation. The next, you know, what comes next kind of thing. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I'm going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that The addition of rigor is a very creative part of our teaching process because we don't have to reinvent the wheel. The materials are there. We have great teaching materials, but we just need to figure out how to take learners to that next thinking level. Yeah. How have your students responded to this? Oh my gosh. They absolutely love it. Do they? That's terrific. Yeah. It's just amazing. And, and like I said, you know, that energy level where you get energy from them and yeah. they, you know, and it, it's reciprocal. Well, that is just, it's phenomenal. It is just absolutely, they love it. You know, this this whole rigor thing has changed the way I look at my students too. I, I tended to, oh, I wanted them to be successful. So I didn't, I don't know if I made things easier for them, but I, I, I try and make them have successful moments. But, but this whole rigor thing, is challenging and it, it's like I said the struggle um, they're learning in that struggle it's it's just it's changed my classroom it's it's made me look at the learners and seen all of the complex tasks that they do every day mm-hmm. they just don't have the language yet to make it visible for me to see all of the things that they do but I started um, I had a student bring in a picture of a sign that we had in our school, student success. And she asked what that meant. And I thought, well, I'll give it a try. It's not something that I normally would have attempted to teach at level one, but I thought, okay. So I gave them a couple of examples and then they started to give some examples back to me. And so we got it, we understood. And that was something that we were able to use Um, the rest of the semester and refer back, you know, yeah, that was success. And they got excited about that. And that's wonderful. Yeah. And, and that kind of, um, that made me feel a little more brave to even take on words like responsibility and Mm -hmm. choice 
and respect and literacy and knowledge. I mean, these are all things that as parents, they're hearing their teachers talking about, you know, their kids and and they need to know these words as they move through, you know, higher levels of English language learning. So they're not necessarily concrete words that I would have tried before, but um, they're exciting. It's really fun. Well, and, and one of the things that I, I've been talking about with a number of colleagues is that just because a learner has a low level either of education or certainly in the case of language, as you say, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that they aren't operating at an adult level in their lives. And those words are adult words and mature words that, that are part of their lives. So I'm sure they, they resonate more. So what challenges do you see for a teacher? If, if someone were to come to you and say, you know, I really want to do this, but how would you, how would you prepare them for the challenges? Well, you know, adding rigor can be messy. <laughs> um, the first, well, it seems like the first couple times I did this categorization thing, um, it, it got messy. And you have to kind of, as a, as a teacher, you know, I, I like to be in control of things and you just kind of have to let things go and give, your, give yourself permission that it's not going to be perfect, um, that you can try it again and it'll get better. But we're, we're trying new things. You know, I don't think it's that rigor is messy in itself. I think it's just that it's we're trying new things. And when you try new things, they don't always go as planned. But I've always found that there's still tons of learning going on. The students are learning and they're excited and it's it's generating this energy um, that you it's okay. It's okay to be messy. Yeah, I think that's really hard for those of us, especially who plan down to the minute <laughs> to, uh, right. to let go of that. Uh, well, I'm wondering if there's anything, one thing that you'd like listeners to take away from our conversation today. Um, well, I, I hope they feel the excitement that I've been talking about. Um, it's certainly, it's completely changed my teaching and my classroom. I hope that they would be open to the idea of adding rigor to their classroom. You know, I used to think that the light bulb moment, you know, that aha moment mm -hmm. when the students kind of go, oh, yeah, I get it. Um, that was that was what I, I loved and, and I craved. But now it's more seeing them working through a rigorous task. It's changed. I've, I've liked to see them working together, you know, focusing on, on their their task that they're doing. So, um, so yeah, I, I definitely have been looking at my students in a different light, you know, and, and the fact that they, they come halfway across the world and start their lives over again, you know, they put their children in school, they, they, um, find apartments, they, navigate all of the governmental systems they need to navigate you know i mean that's not easy stuff to do and so no, um no. my thinking now is teaching them about you know these little narratives um just isn't going to cut it it's just not it's just not they need more beautifully said oh thank you carolyn thank you so much for making the time to have uh conversation, a rigorous conversation with me. Oh my gosh, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much.
We love what you do and want to support you in it every step of the way. For more useful resources to support your teaching, including sample lessons and a blog article from this episode's guest, Carolyn Nason, visit the Love Adult ESL webpage at oup.com slash elt slash loveadultesl. That's oup.com slash elt slash loveadultesl. Link in the description.